I'm Lindsay Curtis, and this is Her Return, a podcast devoted to women making the journey of returning home to their divinely human, feminine essence. Each episode is an opening up of a real-life topic with experiential techniques and tools to support you on your journey home. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I have a very special episode today with Manu. Mama Manu, she's a gentle soul supporting moms and dads in becoming the parents they want to be for their children. Being a mother herself, she knows how hard it can get. Her unique holistic approach is a combination of compassionate space holding, nervous system regulation, and the healing of attachment or relational traumas. She offers one-to-one online sessions and courses online to parents and professionals interested in somatic healing and respectful parenting. It's so much fun today talking with Manol, and I hope and know that you will enjoy this episode too. Hello and welcome, 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 Manol. It's an absolute pleasure to be sitting with you today and having you here on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me here. It's really good honor to be a part of your podcast. I've been listening to many episodes of yours and really love the, the energy you bring and the message all the, the women parents have there. Great. I am so, so happy that um, we get to have this conversation. I love and admire your work. And um, I don't know if I ever told you actually how I found you. So I figure we can start just there. So I found your work when I was, we were actually night weaning. I was starting to night wean and my son was about uh, 14 months. And one night when it was super difficult, I had my phone with me and I was like Googling blog posts and YouTube videos for gentle night weaning because for me it was so instinctual that there was this way I wanted to do it, but I had never heard of anyone doing it. and. I really needed that external encouragement and support. And through my search, I found a YouTube video that you had done speaking about your night weaning journey with your daughter. And I was just oh. like, this is it. She's saying exactly what I've known is possible and I can do it too. And I was so, so happy to to find that. And I love that that's how the internet works and the capability that really through this time space, we're able to support one another. And then, um, yeah, and then I think my partner and I had one or two sessions with you to talk about the night weaning in our journey, and that was so great. And since then, I've taken a a few of your beautiful courses as well. Um, But I just wanted to give you the background in case I never mentioned it before of how we actually came to know, because it's amazing. (laughs) Yes, yes, it's lovely. It's it's funny to get back to that video in my mind was over seven years ago I think when I went my daughter um at night yes maybe six years ago yeah it feels like a long time yeah it's funny so I will I always love to um invite the guests on the podcast to give us a bit of background and what I find most important about our background is really about us. Um, I do believe the work in the world that we do, we really came here to do if we're doing our aligned work. And it's always shown or guided or there's signposts in our own childhood. So I would love to hear about little Manon and how your experience as a child 
has led you to the beautiful work that you do in the world today? I love this question. I, I believe too that the, the things that felt hard, that were traumatizing when we were children can become our gifts when we adult. We, if we work with them, um, I would say I had um, a pretty good childhood um, overall back in France with my parents. Uh, my parents were relatively um, present and they've always done their best. Um, I think something that really came up for me, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> sorry, I've got a bit of a cold, just <laughs> letting the listener know that. Um, what came up for me, I think, as a, as an adult reflecting on my childhood is that I didn't feel like I could really fully express my emotions as a child. Um, so like I could not really express sadness. I could not really cry. I was not comfortable with that, with my parents. Um, Anger or frustration was not really welcome either. Um, and I think this is what has brought me to do the work I do, um, understanding how you know emotions can really impact us as adults and can impact our general overall health as well. Um, and how important it is for us to be able to express ourselves and our emotions because this is how we are feeling truly seen, right? If my emotions are heard, if my emotions are, are welcomed, then I feel like they truly see me, that they accept the whole of me, not just me when I'm happy, right? And so it, it feels like something really important that I wanted to do with my daughter um, and that's what has brought me to learn about parenting and emotions and how they work in the body um, yeah mm. so beautiful that is so well put as well that expressing my emotions is how i really feel seen in my depth because the emotions like that's where they come from and to be able to let all colors of ourselves be seen in love is is really so so what it is mm. thank you for that and so do you feel like um your catalyst into the work was actually when you became a mom then or were you already working with parenting and and your exploration prior to becoming a mom no i used to be a a, a PE teacher i used oh. to be a sports teacher and after that, after arriving in Australia 10 years ago, I was in the health food industry. Um, so it was definitely my daughter coming into the world that brought me into this reflection and into, and into this work. Uh -huh. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I just wanted to do things right for her Thanks. and I, I came to understand with my partner at the time, her dad, um, that you know the way we raise our children the way we were raised as children really impact us in our adulthood the good and the bad right and everything in between so 
understanding that was a big eye-opening in that moment. Um, and so I thought, gosh, I need to do things right, and and I want to do that for her. So that's what um, has driven me to to look into, yeah, how can I support her to grow into a healthy little person? So good. And I, I witnessed this as well for a lot of women and so many women that after birth and then when they become mother, the like intensity of invitation it is to really do the work, to really become the people and the women um, that and the mothers that we know we are capable of when we can actually face and integrate our own experiences, right? We have that instinctual taste and knowing of like, okay, I know the possibility, but then we need to meet the gap in between where we are and, and what we know we can be experiencing. And that's really where like our tools come in and expanding our vocabularies and, and the journey gets richer. <laughs> yes, and I think that for, for, for two reasons, right? We're really motivated to do things or to do the work on ourselves because when we birth a child, we, you know, most of the time totally fall in love with this child and we want the best for them. But also as our child is growing, um, we are faced with all the unresolved stuff in us and, you know, they trigger us regularly. Um, and we have all those shadows inside of us, which are usually unresolved traumas, unprocessed emotions from the past that are coming back up in the present with our child. Um, and we find ourselves not parenting the way we want to parent. We find ourselves doing or saying things to our children that really don't match our values and feel like it's not how we want to do things. And very often that's the motivation for us, for us to start doing the work realizing wow there is stuff in me there that feels big and and yeah the child is the catalyst for that they point out to us in a in a painful way very often but they point out to us where is the work for us to do yeah completely and i often say like i love to remind us all that consciously or subconsciously we're actually also reliving our own childhood at the same pace that our child is growing yes and i had some really interesting crazy bodily experiences from my own um son's growth um i don't know if i talk about it in the podcast maybe in the mother wound episode which i forget which number it is now but where like i had a really intense rash appear actually at the same age that my son, I mean, my son was a year and a half, just over a year and a half. And that was actually the first time I was separated from my mom for about six week time. And I didn't know that consciously. I thought I was only separated at two, but the body relives it. And yes. yeah, and the wisdom, it's just so incredible. And I had a, in a meditation, the revelation came, I, I was like, 10 months and I just knew that, I mean, Isaiah, my son was 10 months and I just knew that actually that was the moment that my parents separated. And I was like, 
whoa. And I, my dad's terrible at dates. So it's, it's hard to get that outer confirmation, but I knew the visceral truth of it. So I find it so fascinating because body really just always knows. And the more we can come back to, to being with body and giving the space for the knowing and then the expression of that out, really that's what's healing. That's, that's what's integrating. That's what resolves it. Right. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I very often uh, work with, um, inner child work and healing all inner child inside of us. And very often I find that when the mom I have or the dad I have in front of me tune into the struggle she's feeling now as an adult with her child and we connect with our inner child, 90% of the time this child, that inner child, has the same age as her actual child. Yes. Because as you said, what her child is going through now at five or six year old, well, she's breaking through something similar herself when she was a child at around the same age. And so there is that parallel in between what our children are living that for me is a beautiful invitation to heal those those parts of ourselves as our child keeps growing. Yes. And oh, it just makes me so excited because whenever we do do the work, like it resolves for the child as well. It supports our children so much and lightens their journey so much. And it, it goes forward and back. We're also lightening our parents and our ancestors before because they were doing the very best they could as well, even when it might not seem that way. It was the best to their capacity. Our own healing as a ripple effect on all the people around us and before us. It's it's quite fascinating to observe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so what are the um like what are the main pathway supports that you use with people? So I like to work with the mind and the body. Um, I'm not trained in psychology. I was directly trained into um, uh, a modality that is called somatic experiencing, which is basically trauma healing through the nervous system. So it's a mind and body um, modality, which feels really holistic um, because we know now that the traumas are not in our heads, but more so they are held in our body. It's like our nervous system has registered them. So working only with our thoughts or with talking has a limited effect. And if we want to have a a, a profound effect and a long-lasting, well-integrated effect, um, it's important, I believe, to work with the body, to work with the nervous system. So it's uh, what they call bottom-up and the other way, top-bottom as well, modality from the body to the mind, the mind to the body. Uh, so it's very holistic. And more recently, I've trained also in uh, psycho 
and somatic modality that is related to um, relational and attachment trauma. Uh, so, and that that has been really the missing piece for me with the the, the parents I've been working with. Um, there is a huge part in the somatic world around nervous system regulation. So I'm still, you know, using this, uh, learning for ourselves how to self-regulate, to stay kind of grounded, to stay, you know, in a window of tolerance so that we can respond in the way we want to respond to our children. Really? And I'm also working from the aspects of all the things that are coming up repeatedly in our relationship with our children. And it's very interesting to dive into that because every time when there's something we keep doing or fearing or some, this is some kind of issue, some kind of struggle in the relationship with our child, it comes way back to us as children having to adapt to an environment that at that time was not ideal Probably. in the relationship with our own parents or with our carers, teachers, right? So we're diving into that as well and, and gently transform those adaptations that were useful when we were children to keep the attachment with our, our parents but are not useful anymore here. Um, in the present, because they stop us from being um, the, the parents we want to we want to be. Um, so there is the regulational regulation, self regulation, the core regulation aspect, of the nervous system. There is the attachment and relational piece, um, and I also do inner child work um, when when I feel that it's it's what is there when the inner child is is coming up to the surface. Ooh, I love it. Um, uh, what comes for me is really the marriage between being able to work on the within the inner and the outer worlds as well, because the inner world being like my self-regulation and um, my inner bodily experience and the outer is how am I actually in relationship? And what are the patterns happening in relationship that have that? dance and and mix it's it's key i think there is yeah we we are like there's so much we can do with ourselves you know regulate and all that but we are in a relationship with our children so working with this and and taking the struggles we have in our relationship as a, an invitation again to to work on on this in ourselves um, is is really helping us to to become more and more the parent that we we wish to be for for children. It's quite a beautiful journey. Oh, uh, it really is, and it's chaos. <laughs> it is chaos, and it's difficult, and yes, uh, and beautiful. Yeah. All the feels, <laughs> all the feels. So true. <laughs> Um, what are some of the most common parenting struggles that you support people with? Because especially in parenting, but in any, you know, where all these amazing human beings, 
Uh, yet we think our problems and, and our difficulties and our struggles are so singular and so incredibly unique. And they are because we each have our own unique histories and experiences of life that have brought us where we are today. Like that's that's unique to us. And there's so many more commonalities and common denominators um, that I feel like it's always super helpful for us to realize that, oh yeah, we all have our different flavor of that <laughs> certain fear or struggle or difficulty. So I'd love to hear from you. Yes, we all struggle with similar things with a unique flavor to them, as you said. But yeah, what, what I'm working the most with with parents, I mean, parents come to me because usually they're not the parent they want to be for their children. They find themselves getting really angry or raging, really mad at their children, saying things or doing things that they don't want to do and that they promised themselves they wouldn't do. Um, or they find themselves doing or saying things that their parents were doing to them. And they, again, they said they would not do that to their own children, yet they find themselves doing it. Um, a lot of the parents that I see as well, and that often goes with the anger piece, um, uh, were so good at that as mothers. Um, Especially, but dads do the same thing. Is it's our shaming ourselves, yeah. where we feel like you know the mom's guilt, right? Yeah. There's even a hashtag for it because <laughs> it's such a common, such a common thing where you know we do things that doesn't feel right to our children, and then we shame ourselves. We feel guilty. We go down a spiral where we actually disconnect even more from our children, um, and we feel really bad about ourselves which makes it hard to reconnect with our children. Mm -hmm. And then there is another wave, something else happens and we come out of the shame, which is, you know, the phrase response. We come out of it and explode again in anger. And it's like a cycle of anger and shame um, that is, you know, repeating itself all the time. Um, so that's the, the big picture, it, it plays out a little differently in each family but if i zoom out that's really what's happening for, for most um most of us parents and so how do we begin untangling that web <laughs> i think the very first step is to recognize that this is what's happening to us which that in itself is huge recognizing oh there is something there in me that doesn't feel good right. and I'm saying it's huge because you know in the past most parents didn't have this awareness and so they would make the children feel bad he's a bad kid he makes me angry he's naughty or she's right and so the child was um paying in a way for the parents lack of regulation or capacity to 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 be with themselves and that in itself is a big trauma for all of us right as children right. so it already just recognizing wow there is something in me here right. that you no know, doesn't feel right to me and i want to work on that that is um, lifting up the weight of our children's shoulders. Right. And what a what gift is that for them? 
what a gift, right? Realizing, well, you know, gosh, I'm not bad. It's just mom or dad having a hard time right now. Instead of internalizing, I'm bad, I'm bad, because that's the message they would receive from the parents or the parents who haven't um, um, realized that about themselves or owned that. So the, the, that first step is so already so big in itself. Uh. And it, it requires courage, right, to be able to see that in ourselves. And I really always honor parents that come to me recognizing this because it would be so much easier to think that the child is being a bad kid and is naughty and it's nothing, you know, nothing to do with us and we don't have to do anything, right? Um, so it really requires courage and to recognize that about ourselves. So that's really, really great. Um, then I think when it comes to anger or frustration, it's learning to recognize it in ourselves. And when I say recognize it is how does it come up, how does it come up in our body? How does it feel in my body when I'm starting to feel irritated and when I'm getting really frustrated and when I'm mad so that we can observe ourselves and we can catch ourselves in this moment to maybe regulate or to maybe step away from the situation to not explode and do something really that we that we would really regret to our children so that's a big part of the work it's it's creating a relationship with our emotions and specifically here with our anger right um it's almost like befriending our anger like oh hey that's that's how that's how you feel in me okay um because as children, we've learned to repress our anger. We've <laughs> learned to not feel it because it was not okay to feel angry, right? <laughs> so we've learned to disconnect, to dissociate from our body, to disconnect from it. So a very important step is to very gently, little by little, reconnecting with our body, reconnecting with our anger as that's how it feels and not being scared of it anymore and that 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 work takes a little bit of time but we just realize after a while that anger is just energy in the body just activation in the nervous system and it comes in waves and and we can feel angry but still be okay uh. and so we're not scared of it anymore which means that we can be with it we can learn to process it in different ways we can increase our capacity to be angry without lashing out without yelling or without hitting our children or right because we we we've we've learned to be with it more and then there is the whole part i was naming around shame and and guilt and that is also the case is realizing the the way we shame ourselves the way we keep ourselves down into that downward spiral that yucky feeling of i'm not good enough i'm not a good mom i'm terrible they would be better without me right and we 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 learn to notice how we keep ourselves in there that's something we've learned to do when we were when we were little Right, so we we learn to be with 
or shame or with our guilt, recognize it, build a relationship with it, and so that we can transform it and build more capacity in our body to feel good as a parent, to be okay with, with feeling good. These are the two, the two aspects. We can also work with our inner child um, and helping our inner child, holding space for our inner child to express our emotions, to bring some healing in the way that she or he needed it back then. Yes, I like coming back to the beginning of that. I love how you bring in the sociological context to this as well, really, like looking at through the generations, what was going on? How were people before parenting? What are where are we at right now with consciousness on the planet and the ability we have um, and the availability we have for information, education about emotions, child development, like where uh, regulation is actually possible, where it's not yet, how we develop, as well as like, really, I love to invite clients to take that time to really take the time to look at the our own parents as the humans that they are and not as the parents and like map out their lives a bit as well. Get the context of what would their parents doing. Like my grandma had, uh, <laughs> I once asked her what her favorite part about being a mother was. And she looked at me and she said, I had six kids in nine years. There was no favorite part. And I was like, oh my God. So much Ouch. love and compassion for this woman. And then I understood my dad. In that instant, I understood so much about my father and what he experienced as a child and how he relates to his emotions and himself as a man now. Like so much of it clicked. And um, of course, that's my unique experience and lineage, right? But this translate for so many and taking that time to get the context can help us so much to, yeah, be able, like you said, to recognize that it's happened and then have that self-responsibility and not from a shaming way, but from like, okay, yeah, this is where I am and where can we go together with with my own inner child and my child. That's <laughs> together. Okay. There's no shaming, there is no blaming of anyone, correct? Because we are all are doing our best ourselves and the past generations. Yeah. 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 Mm. I have one more question that I would love to touch on about specifically, I, it's funny, I recently made a podcast episode, it's episode number 53 about empaths and highly sensitive people and, and making this episode has kind of sparked a lot more information coming to me, which that often does when we create something, it opens a pathway, right? And I've had a number of friends and and clients and women who talk about their children as like highly sensitive and very sensitive. And my son's very sensitive as well. That's fine. But it feels like there like we need as well more support and understanding about how to how we can support our children that we can see as highly sensitive when they are having like tantrums or they're having big emotional expressions that can tend to last a long time. And I just wanted to share like my insight about this. So I've been reflecting on it. And what I realize is that like when my son has a big emotion, 
But then it keeps going and it is lasting like a long period of time, like 10, 15, 20 minutes. If it keeps coming in cycles, what I've noticed about myself is because it's actually because I'm in freeze and I've like lost the ability to stay in connection with him and support him to like come down. Um, so I really wanted your opinion on that or or if this is something that you, yeah, can say or speak to. And do you think my theory makes sense? <laughs> I think the, like, yeah, what you said, the part of um, being in the freeze, um, it, um, it's it's really true. I think when we're in freeze, so for people who don't know what the freeze is, it's more like a, a shut down kind of nervous system state where um, we're just not quite present. We've disconnected from ourselves and we everything goes slower inside uh, to kind of dampen the activation, the, the really fast um, stress that is going inside of us, right? And so it feels like uh, like we're not here, right? We're, we're further away. We're not connected to ourselves, not, not connected to the others. Um, I think there is something I've learned about children and their relationship with us is that when we are either in freeze, disconnected, or we're not authentic with our response, they will ramp up. They will ramp up and ramp up and ramp up until we have no other choice but to be authentic and to be full with them. Well, uh, um, we see that with them being angry as well. Uh, um, they they will ramp up until we're really authentic and we can set the boundary we wanted to set in the first place, or we can say no, or we can show those emotions that we're feeling and we're trying to hide from them for some reason. Um, so yeah, that that definitely makes sense. Yeah. So in that sense, it's it's as well about our own intimacy with our own limits and being able to communicate them very authentically. And kind of what I feel into is is allowing to be assertive. So I see this as well. A lot of a lot of us are so uncomfortable first with anger and the whole complex that that is to like get um, intimacy with, but then to be able to just be like, no, and it to be a really strong and clear no. Mm. Absolutely. That's it. A lot, a lot of us are, oh, and actually you were asking about um, what parents often come with, like the struggles they often come with, a difficulty to set boundaries is very, very common um, problem that I support parents with wow. um, because indeed a lot of us um, have a hard time setting boundaries because in the past when we learned to set boundaries for the first times when we were two or three years old and we said no for the first time, um, that was not necessarily well received. Right? We might have been punished or laughed at or you know, sent sent away or right. Um and so we've learned that, oh, setting boundaries is dangerous. I might lose the person in front of me's love. Right. right. I might lose attachment. And even though we're not two or three years old anymore, we kind of have taken this from the past in our adult life. And so when we are faced with 
the need to set a boundary with our child, that fear from back then comes back up in us and it literally stops us from setting a boundary. So we might not say no, we might let our kids, I don't know, climbing on us or pulling our hair or putting paint all over the floor or um, whatever it is. And, but there is that part of us that wants to set that boundary, that wants to say, hey, that's my body, stop climbing on me. Or like, hey, that hurts, don't pull my hair. Right, of like, whoa, but no, we're not going to put the paint here, let's go outside. There is that part of us that wants to set a boundary, but that fear from the past is stopping us from setting it. Right, and so we don't set it. We we let our child do it, or we ask them in a way that is not assertive enough, not confident enough, and so they don't respect what we feel is setting a boundary um, until you know. And, and our kids can feel it. It's like, oh, our mom really want to say no, but she's not. So I'm going to just push a little bit more because I can feel there is something there and I need to know that mom or dad is confident and can stop me from doing things that are not okay. Because it gives them safety. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mom and dad have my back. They're not going to let me do things that are not okay. So they will push that and we can see that as being naughty or being right but it's not they're just trying to say hey you're not authentic here i can feel you want to say no i can feel this is not okay but are you going to tell me right and usually they push and push and push and keep pulling our hair or climbing over our face and that's when we go because we can't anymore right and that's where the authentic answer comes up but it doesn't feel good because it it has come to a level of intensity because we've been holding it holding it in holding in it for all that time that when it comes out it will like raging the boundary out (laughs) right oh i I don't know what you mean (laughs) we've all been there right yes we've all of course yeah of course Wow, but this, yeah, I love that. I I really resonate and feel that so deeply. Our kids are pushing for our authenticity. I think that's it. They're pushing for the truth, actually. They're really pushing for the truth. And that being able to modulate that and, and express it clearly and succinctly and not allowing ourselves to become the pressure cooker really is what it is to be an adult. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And it's not easy because we've got this fear from the past. And that's where the relational and attachment um, trauma work is is helpful because we can release without having to go back in the past. By the way, I don't work with what has happened in the past. We don't have to dive into it. Um, But in the present here, we can help mind the body realize that that fear is not um, justified anymore. Mm. It was true when we were two or three years old, but it's not anymore as adults. And when this is clear, then we, we've got much more confidence in ourselves in setting those those boundaries because we're not scared of losing our child's love or damaging them. Or, right. Mm-hmm. 
Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, Manon, this is so, so great. Mm-hmm. I feel like we have touched on some deep things, and I'm sure our listeners have a lot to digest already. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was a lot. Yes. <laughs> Reflect on, maybe come back to. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Emails or comments are always welcome. Questions about the podcast. Um, and just feeling into it right now, is there anything else you would love to leave our listeners with before we wrap up? I want them to know that they are doing so well as parents, that parenting in this world, in all Western societies, is a very lonely thing to do. We were not meant to parent in isolation like we are doing now. We come from being hunter-gatherers, living in villages where we would have the support of the whole tribe. There would be the whole family living with us. There would be another 20 children that could play with our kids and take care of them. There would be friends around. There would be two or three mamas cooking together for the whole family. Right, And here we are finding ourselves doing everything as parents, working, cooking, raising our children, teaching them, playing with them. And this is just way, way too much for our nervous system. It's just way too much. We're not, um, we're not meant to live in this way and to parent in this way. And I think it's important to know that because in the trauma healing world we can see a lot of things as oh something wrong with me or something i need to fix but we need to remember that there is something wrong here at the systemic level right it's not necessarily that we need to do some work or that there is something you know wrong with us and i put wrong in quotes there is a it, it's extremely difficult with the pressure we have due to the the how the whole system is organized and how we live in isolation it's just incredibly hard to cope so i just want to remind parents that they are doing their best and to please be gentle with themselves because parenting is hard already in itself but parenting in isolation is yeah, it's beyond anything that we are we we are meant to to be able to deal with. So, yeah, self compassion, gentleness. Yeah, we're all doing our best. Yeah, and sending everyone lots of lots of love. We feel it. We feel the love that you radiate and that you bring through so clearly. Thank you so much. No. Tell us where we can connect with you. Where do you hang out online? Uh, how do we learn more and work with you, go deeper? And I'll mm-hmm. include links where the podcast is going. Yeah, I've got, um, I'm working on a new website right now. So if you go to the website in the next month or two, it might take you to my Facebook page, but um, it's um, Mama Mano dot com so it's m a m a or mama in manu is m a n 
M-A-M-A-M-A-N-O-N.com. Um, I've got a Facebook page called Mama Manon Trauma-Informed Parenting Support. I've got um, Instagram page, which is at Mama Lower Dash Manon. Um, and if you want to reach or email, it's support at mamamanon.com. Um, yeah, and I've got a few online courses. I offer one-on-one sessions online so that anywhere in the world um, you can you can access me. And yeah, it's always an honor to to meet new parents and, and support them in, in the way they need it. Thank you. And I can highly recommend if you're interested with so- support, if anything that we touched on today sparks you, feel free to reach out to Manol. She's fantastic. And I'm so grateful to have you on my team of supporters as well. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me here for all that you're doing for the people out there. That's beautiful. Hey. Such a pleasure. Until next time. <laughs>